And welcome back once again to Truth From the Heart with Travis Sullivan. And I'm continuing the episode about the issue of pride. And as I mentioned in the last episode, I have already recorded the first episode several months ago. And it's not that it wasn't good. It's just that I wanted to add some more to it. It was the first one that I had done. I kind of knew what direction I wanted to go into. But again, God put some more on my heart because it's such an important issue to talk about. And he gave me more verses and just more examples of pride in our world. And again, I just wanted to come and share those with you. And so If you would like to listen to the revised episode, you, of course, can do that as well. And it'll be listed as episode 1A, and it'll say revised at the end. So that's the newest episode that goes along with this one. And I think I can get through everything today. One of the things I read when I was thinking about doing a podcast is that 20 minutes is really the max that people can really tune in and listen to. So I'm going to try and keep each episode around 20 minutes. It may go a minute or two over, but I'm not going to make them much longer than that. So I may have to carry some things into future episodes. But nevertheless, just a quick reminder before I continue where I left off that you can email the podcast truthfromtheheartpodcast at gmail.com. And also, there is a website for the podcast where you can listen to all the episodes, and that is rss.com forward slash podcast with an S forward slash truth from the heart. And so again, if you would like the link to that website, if you can't get all that down, then just email me and I will be more than happy to send you the link. All right. So continuing where I left off, I kind of want to just do a quick recap of what I talked about last time. We talked about how pride can lead to destruction. And I told you what the first example of pride in the Bible was, and that, of course, is Satan himself. And then I gave you one example of pride in our society and how it is caused a lot of problems and how it has led some to lead a lifestyle that is totally against God's word. And that was the homosexual lifestyle. I'm pretty big on illustrations and examples. And that last example was one that I used when I first recorded episode one, but I have several more examples. I'm going to try and get them all in, but I think it's important to have plenty of examples so that you can kind of compare it and just say, you know, that's not the only example of pride in our lives. And here's another one, and that is American pride. Now, I want to be very clear. There is nothing wrong with being proud of where you live. I am proud to be an American. Yes, we have our problems in this nation, just like every other nation, but I believe that America is the greatest nation that God has ever given to man. And I don't see any issue with celebrating July 4th or Memorial Day. I think both holidays can actually be a little bit related to Christianity. July 4th, of course, we celebrate the freedom of our nation, like our freedom in Christ. And then on Memorial Day, we honor those who gave their lives for our freedoms, like Christ died for us on the cross. Now, I want to make something very clear. I'm not trying to compare those that gave their lives for our freedoms to Christ. That What Christ did was the ultimate sacrifice. And by the way, he gave his life. He did not lose his life. I know that drives me crazy when I hear people say Christ lost his life at Calvary. No, he did not. He gave his life at Calvary. And here's the difference between the two is while those men and women who served our country so honorably gave their lives for our freedom, 
Jesus's death can save our souls and others cannot. And I think there are several holidays that you can relate to Christianity. And I've got a future episode where I relate several holidays and how they kind of line up with Christianity. And so you don't want to miss that. Also, with this idea of American pride and talking about July 4th and Memorial Day, I go to a church that has generally not sung any patriotic songs on those two days. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it's okay to sing a song or two. I just don't know that you should make it a big production or make it the entire service like I know First Baptist Church Dallas does. Uh, We should not put the love of our country in front of the love of our God. There is nothing that should become between us and God. And I feel like sometimes when we have these holidays and we over-celebrate, I guess you could say, again, I'm not trying to say that there's nothing wrong with being proud to be an American or being proud of where you live or where you were born. That is fine, but don't get carried away and put that love above God. Speaking of our country, a few more examples that I have is, oh my goodness, how about this one? Look at the U.S. government. And what makes them so ineffective? I think it's because they're power hungry and they think they know what's best. Essentially, to them, I think many of them, they are God. They know what's best for us. They don't care what we think. They don't care that we put them there. They're just focused on the power and the money. And I call... I know Washington, D.C. stands for the District of Columbia, but I call it the District of Corruption because that is really what it is. And what is at the root of people thinking, our representatives, our senators thinking that they know what's best? It's man's desire to be in charge, but I would also argue it's the issue of pride. And this has changed from the early days of our country. I believe our founding fathers didn't crave power, and they truly did care about having a government for the people and by the people. And the only criticism I have is that they did not set term limits for representatives or senators. And many Congress members have made a career out of politics, and they should have retired a long time ago, and some have evil intentions and really do not like this nation and have no business being in office, but they continue to get elected. So again, that's how pride can kind of get in the way and look what it can lead to. It can lead to ineffectiveness and just cause all kinds of problems. Now, here's this next one, and this next one may ruffle a lot of feathers. A lot of people may not like this next one, but I'm going to try and be as clear as I can on this. I was talking to a friend about this person the other day, and again, I don't want to sound like I'm just trying to rag on him or that I'm trying to just point out all of his faults, but I am just saying that I believe that he could display more humility. And I'm talking about former President Donald Trump. Look, if you love him or hate him, you cannot deny how great his policies were for this country. I believe policy-wise, he was the greatest president that we have ever had. I supported him twice. I'm going to support him again. However, the biggest issue, I think, surrounding him is that people cannot get over his personality. Now, businessmen from New York are usually known as being arrogant and prideful. They're bold. They're in your face face. That's what he is. He's a New York businessman. Now, I'm not trying to make an excuse and say that's all right. I wish he was more humble. And I know that when he got elected, he he thanked the American people. And I know he has mentioned God and said that we are one nation under God. And look, 
If you were being attacked in the media every day, if you were being persecuted around every corner, I can understand that you have to essentially play offense every single day. You feel like you have to defend yourself. But there also comes a point where I think if you're walking strong with Christ, you know that if you have done nothing wrong, which by the way, I don't believe that he has, if you have done nothing wrong, then Christ will back you up. And I think I would just love to see Trump display more humility. Again, the man loves this country. There's no doubt about that, because if he didn't love this country, he would not go through everything that he's going through. So I just I want to be very clear on that. I I do support Donald Trump. I think he is great for this country. I know many people do not like him or they've got strong opinions about him, but I just wish he would display more humility. And I think that he has an ego with a capital E, and I think that pride has sort of swayed a lot of people to thinking one way about him. They just, again, some people cannot get over his personality and just the way that he is and that he seems to be very full of himself. And that's where I think pride causes a problem. So I wish and I would pray, and I do pray for Donald Trump. Don't get me wrong. I pray for his family's safety. I pray that God would protect him and his family, but I also pray that God would humble him. And maybe this is God's way of humbling him a little, because I believe now that if Donald Trump wins again in 2024, there is going to be absolutely zero doubt that it was from God. I mean, I believe 2016 was a miracle in itself. That was God. That was, yes, the American people came and stepped up to the plate, but it was God. There is no other way to describe that because he was not supposed to win. So again, I just encourage, I'm not trying to tell you who to vote for. I'm not trying to point out somebody's faults and I'm not trying to rag on him or anything else. All I'm trying to tell you is that, look, he. I wish he would have more humility. But I, something else that's very important, too, and that is this. Trump is not the answer for our nation. None of the other candidates running in the Republican primary are the answer. We certainly know the Democrats are not the answer. There's only one answer, and that answer is Jesus. Jesus is the only answer for our nation. Jesus can come in and he can change hearts, and that is what will change the heart of this nation. So don't get too caught up in politics. It's important to vote. It's important to make your voice be heard, but don't get too caught up thinking that if we, if Trump gets back into office, everything's going to change and everything's going to be great because, again, Jesus is the only answer. The other reason I wanted to say that is because I know that Trump has, I feel like somewhat of a cult following and there are people, I know there's one radio host, Sebastian Gorka, who it seems like that he holds Trump up to this huge platform or this huge status of Trump can say no wrong. He can do no wrong. Look, he's human like we are. He, he is a sinner saved by grace, just like you and me. Christ died for Trump just like he died for you and me, okay? So no one is outside of the grace of God. But again, I just felt that I had to bring him up. He's in the media. He's in the news all the time. And I just wanted to get that out of the way. Here is also one of my last examples, and that is the Catholic Church. And this one's, again, going to ruffle a lot of feathers. And I believe, look, and I'm going to do an episode about the true Jesus and why it's important that we worship the true Jesus and that we know the true Jesus. And I can tell you this, the Catholic Jesus is not the true Jesus, okay? 
And the reason I say that, there's two reasons I say that. One is they put way too emphasis on his mother. Okay. Yes, Mary was chosen and she gave birth to Jesus. I understand that. Mary is the mother of Jesus, but she it should not be headlining in the church. And she does in Catholic churches. The other reason I say that it's not the true Jesus is because from my understanding is they don't believe that you can pray directly to God. That's why they have the priest or you have to go to confession. That is not who God is. You can go to God anytime. You can always go to the throne of grace. And again, I think that's rooted in pride. It's rooted that the church is, well, we know best, or we have priests. We're closer to God than you are. So you need to come to us and tell us what you've done, and then we'll pass it along to God. And in my book, that's heresy, because that is definitely not what the Bible says. There is nothing that says you have to confess to somebody else. If you confess to him, he will forgive our sins. Of course, I'm talking about God Almighty. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There is nothing in the Bible that supports having a priest or going to confession or anything like that. And I think it's rooted in pride. The church wants to hold themselves up above everybody else and be in charge, a lot like our government does. And again, I'm probably going to get emails on that one. I'm going to ruffle a lot of feathers. But I do not believe that the Catholic Jesus is the true Jesus. Now, the difference between a lot of the ones that I've just named besides our government, and I would say this goes for Trump. I don't think Trump has any evil intentions I really don't, but I believe that some people in our government do, and this is why I'm also going to give you a list of names of folks and organizations and places that are prideful, but also have evil intentions. They want to take over the world. They want to destroy the world. They want to stamp out Christianity once and for all. This could get me deplatformed, but I could care less because I take a back seat to no one when it comes to my faith and when it comes to my convictions. And we have got to call things the way that we see them. As Christians, we are to stand up and say something. And that is exactly what I'm doing. So here we go. Here are the list of names. Bill Gates, George Soros, Anthony Fauci, Klaus Schwab, who's the head of the World Economic Forum, the leaders of China, and Kim Jong-un, the leader of North Korea. Now, the, the list could go on and on. You could add Putin probably to that list as well. There are many leaders that have evil intentions, and they are prideful. So it is double trouble. Do you know someone who is, in, who is prideful? My encouragement to you would be just to pray for them. And if you have an area of your life where pride is taking over, I just pray that you would ask God to get pride out of that area of your life. All of those examples that I just gave, I wouldn't say those are necessarily shining examples and ones that we should strive to, but I think they all struggle with pride. And I will say this, don't let pride get in the way of what God has planned for your life. And we are reminded of that in Psalm 10, 4. And here's what Psalm 10, 4 says, in the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. Again, do not let your pride get in the way of what God has willed for your life. And my final words on pride as well, and that is all those names that I just listed. There's a song out there that I love, and I may post this as sort of a extras. You know how on DVDs they have the special features or the extras? I may post this song because it just, oh, I love this song. And it's Jesus, What a Mighty Name. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to sing it, but I do want to read to you some of the lyrics because I just love this. Think of all those people that I listed 
There have always been rulers and kings, men of prominence who boast of mighty things. History will tell us of all they have done and said, but there is only one king who rose up from the dead and he stands above the rest, his name forever blessed. Jesus, what a mighty name. Later on in the song, it also says at the end of all the ages, all these kings will bow down presidents and royalty, their faces to the ground, and there will be no doubt that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus is going to have the last word. So you can be prideful. You can think you're going to take over the world and and you can be full of yourself and think, you know, I've got it all figured out. I don't need God. Well, I got news for you. God will always have the last word. And I want to leave you with this before I start talking about the next topic. And that is Philippians 2, 8 through 11. This backs up what I just talked about in that song. And Philippians 2, 8 through 11 says, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God is going to have the final word. So get pride out of whatever area of your life it's in. If you know someone who is prideful, pray for them, because pride leads to destruction. So here's my next question, and that is, what is the opposite of pride? Well, the opposite of pride, of course, is humility. And the ultimate example of humility is Jesus. And I gave an illustration in the last episode where the middle letter in the word pride is I, the middle letter in the word sin is I, and the middle letter in the name Lucifer is I. But you know, there is no I in Jesus because Jesus was never prideful and one of my favorite verses that I just love is Matthew 20, 28. Even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Oh, I just love that verse. He came to serve and not be served. You don't see that kind of humility in the world today. We live in a me first world. And I would argue Jesus had every right to be prideful. He's omnipotent, which is all powerful. He's omniscient, which is all knowing. But God has no room for pride in his kingdom. We are called to be like Christ. And that comes with the need for great humility. And humility and humbleness is probably one of the hardest traits to have in our lives. Because especially here in America, we live in a world that's moving so fast, but it's also, it's just pushed every day, everywhere you turn is what's best for you. You got to do what's best for you. You got to look out for you. You got to, it's you, 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 or me, me, me. But we got to remember this verse, Matthew 28, 20, the son of man, I would also say the Son of God came not to be served, but to serve. And something about Christ and being the ultimate example of everything. I've got one more final example from God's word about pride and how God humbled this person. And then some final words on humility. I'm trying to keep each episode around 20 minutes, so I'm going to carry this into part three, and I promise that will be the final part of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Let's have a quick prayer, and then I will close this out for today. Lord, thank you for your word, and thank you for showing us and giving us Jesus, the ultimate example of humility. I pray that there would be so many listening to today's episode, and they would ask you to 
bring humility into their lives, that they would ask you to help them examine their lives and get pride out of every area of their life where pride is ruling. And Lord, I just pray for those that I have mentioned today, uh, all, all those that I believe are true examples of, of pride and have pride in their lives. And I just pray for them and pray that they would come to know the saving power of Jesus Christ and that they would come to know the truth of your word. As I mentioned before, Jesus is the only answer to all of our problems. Thank you for your word and thank you for sending Jesus to die for us. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. Once again, I've got some more final thoughts and I will continue those on part three. Thank you for listening to Truth From the Heart with Travis Sullivan. Remember, Jesus is King, Maranatha, and God bless until next time.